This episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Schneckbook. What's going on, guys? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. It is myself and Maddie D previewing the weekends ahead in college football and the NFL. We have the second college football playoff poll that Matt and I break down. We go through our picks. We had Matt's fiance submit in picks. So it's just me and Matt reading them out, but it was still a ton of fun to record. Let us know what you think in the comments. As always, though, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, ThunderBlogSports.com. But enjoy this episode, guys. It was a lot of fun to record. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun Beat Tailgate Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matt Stefano. How are you, my friend? Well, I mean, I'm doing great. Eagles had a bye week, so we couldn't lose. Yes. No, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I can tell you, I just saw something on the internet. It was, um, uh, are you in a... Are you in like uh, uh, what kind of relationship are you in? Like a uh, good relationship, bad relationship, or um, I'm in a relationship with a uh, 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 abusive relationship with my with my with my football team. Mm. So like that's what I'm in because every week they lose, I'm uh, I'm beat up. You know, uh, it's tough. It's a tough week when when our when our when our birds lose. Um, so it's nice when they have the week off, um, and our and our college team had the week off too. So I I kind of like it. It was just an easier week for me. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yes. Um, and I did pretty well in, in fantasy. I don't want to bring it up. You know, I did beat you, but no big deal. Um, went three and one, but I did lose in my big money league. That doesn't make my father happy. And you don't want to make Papa D upset. So I got his, his director of player personnel to turn it around. But enough, co- enough uh, uh, NFL talk. Um, I, want to, I, want to get, I want to fire right away. I, I want to get your thoughts on a crazy college football Week 11, right? 11? Yeah, I'm right. 11 weekend. Yes. It was crazy. Obviously, we had Penn State go down, and then one of the best college games I've watched in a while in LSU-Alabama. But first, Penn State-Minnesota. Penn State looked not good Mm -mm. at all. In particular, their offense in the first half. Yeah, their first half was really tough. And really, most right. of the third quarter was. They really started to get it going in the fourth quarter. And obviously, there was the pick in the end zone to finish out the game when Penn State looked like they were charging back. Their defense was stepping up. Right. But right. their defense it looked tough in the first half. And, and the offense just never really got going. Um, and, you know, they, they've paid the price for it. They've moved down in the rankings. And currently, they're still in the top ten. There's still an outside chance. We talked about last week with your brother that if if they were to beat Ohio State, they would ultimately get the the Big Ten East. Uh, or no, yep. no, no, Ohio State would need to lose again because they would need. Oh no, they'd be tied and they have and they have the head to head. Never mind. I think I think they get in from the from the tiebreaker. I think. Yeah, because yeah, because Penn State would have beat because Penn State beat Ohio State and they had the same number same number of losses. Right. Um. Same record. But yeah, so that so that there's a possibility if they beat Ohio State and then go and beat Minnesota in the rematch. You know, the the committee loves to see that. Uh, assuming Minnesota stays undefeated, or if they lose to Wisconsin in a close one, um, you know, depending on how that all all goes, you know, it's it's possible Penn State's dreams are not crushed. Uh, there's a reason why they're ahead of Oklahoma, and I think mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that pretty soon, considering this weekend. Um, I like the way that the committee did it. I like Georgia in at number four because of the fact that you're basically, you're not, they don't deserve to be ahead of Clemson or Ohio State. No, uh, no. But the fact that now, presumably, Georgia LSU in the SEC championship game makes that the play-in of the loser may be able to get in if there's enough chaos, but you're, you're sneaking yourself in that way of setting it up to have that SEC champion as a team in the playoff and really just saying we're penciling that champion in now is what the committee's saying by this. 
Bama being at five, I'm okay with. Um, although I think it, I think depending on how Oregon and Al and, uh, and not Alabama and Utah do, yeah, um, I think there's a high possibility that you, you could make a serious argument that one of them should make it in over Alabama, which sounds which sounds completely around the corner from what we're normally used to. But if you think about yeah. it, Alabama lost their toughest game and their best win by the end of the season, assuming Auburn stays where they are, will be Auburn. And it's possible Auburn continues to fall that we talked about last week. They could have four losses by, mm-hmm. by the time all things are said and done. So it's a very interesting spot that we're in. Uh, like I mentioned, I like Oklahoma at 10 because of the weird spot the Big 12 is in. Uh, the Oklahoma Baylor game is basically an elimination game. Um, if I think if, if Oklahoma wins, they're still in the hunt. If Baylor wins, <clears throat> they really control their own destiny, but they really have to you know keep it going, and they they'll have to beat Oklahoma a second time, assuming Oklahoma yeah, assuming Oklahoma makes it into the into the Big Twelve championship game, which I'm pulling up the standings now. I think they would be safe, but Kansas State. Well, I, feel, I mean, I mean. I mean- yeah, they would be. Yeah, because they yeah. beat Texas, so they have that tiebreaker. Right, right. I mean, the big, the big thing. Look, look. We, we, we talked a lot about Minnesota and Baylor. Yep. Last week, Minnesota did the thing I didn't think they were going to do, and Baylor also won. I picked both teams to lose. Um, you know, Baylor's out of it right now because they have to win out because of their non-conference. That being said, they if they do win out, Oklahoma, Texas, both coming to Baylor, but they're both really good teams. Yes. Um, you know. And then, and then you got Kansas, which they should win, even though it's on the road. To your point, they're probably playing Oklahoma. They're pretty much almost guaranteed because Texas has three. Every other team has three. Well, Texas it, only has to... two Big Twelve losses. That's where that's where the difference oh, maker is oh, going to be. Oh, I apologize. You're right. Yeah, you're yeah, correct. Yeah. You're correct. So I guess you're right. But Oklahoma owes that owns that tiebreaker. So Oklahoma would need right, to lose twice. That's what twice. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I'm very doubtful that Oklahoma will lose twice. Yeah. Um, look, Baylor, Minnesota. To your point, they, I think they control their own destiny. If either of them win out and win their championships, they're in. They're undefeated. I, I think so, too, yeah. You know. They're in a but, Power yeah, 5 and, conference, and if you're not going to put an right. undefeated Power 5 in, then get rid of then Power 5. Point? Yeah. Right, get exactly. Get rid of calling it Power exactly. 5, yeah. So, but again, I mean, I, I think both have a very tall task. Um, you know what? Oklahoma has Baylor, TCU, and Oklahoma State. There's mm-hmm. a loss that could happen there. I mean, you got – and it's at Oklahoma State, which they're ranked right now. That'll be a huge rivalry game for them, so – we're certainly not, you know, out of the picture on that one. Um, I don't know. I was pretty torn, actually, about the Alabama-Georgia flip-flop. Um, I definitely agreed with one through three. We had talked about how I thought LSU should have been one all along. They proved that. Yes. But Georgia – so I think what the committee decided is Georgia's wins, quality wins, Notre Dame and Florida, outweigh their, their unquality loss. If unquality is not like a word, but – Unqual- their, yeah, their, their lackluster their, loss. Their lackluster loss to a bad South Carolina team, while while Alabama, their best win is Texas A&M. Yeah. Right? Like, like, that's their big thing. And really, Alabama only has one more shot to shine, and that's Auburn, assuming LSU doesn't slip up. And we both don't think they're going to. They don't yeah. have Georgia on the schedule. Um, so, Alabama, obviously, we know they have to win out. They won't be in the SEC championship game, even if they went out, most likely, because we, we, are, we both are thinking in agreement that it looks like LSU, unless something wild happens against like maybe Texas A&M in two weeks, like they're in. And they've got all the quality wins in the world. So, yeah. I, you know, I think it's I safe to say to if they about, make the SEC about, championship undefeated, sorry for interrupting you, that they're mm-hmm. in. That SEC championship game is... Is you think it's a moot point? Yeah, I think if they, okay. I think if they're twelve and zero playing, they playing Georgia, who yeah, you know Georgia somehow loses to Auburn this weekend has two losses or whatever. I think right, you know, and they lose. I mean, I want to agree with you on that one. I do because I think you're right. I just, I just there is. I, I was just having a conversation actually over in, in Ottawa, <laughs> um, in Canada of all places about the college football playoff, and and I said, look, you can say what you want, but there is a there is a bias. Yeah. And it does favor teams like Alabama. Oklahoma gets this bias to an extent. Clemson gets this bias. No, there absolutely good. is. The committee tries, but it's human nature. And, and like, that's why Alabama's ahead of Oregon, who you could argue has had better, like, quality opponents than, than Alabama mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, and even Minnesota. You could say Minnesota has a better win, Penn State, Min- than Alabama Minnesota has. Minnesota beat a top-10 team. Alabama right, hasn't done right. that. Like, like, so they lost to a top-10 team. Right. So to me, it's like, 
you know, hey. And now look, the hard part is in Alabama and LSU. That I mean, it's hard to say that either team played poorly. The turnovers hurt Tua. Yeah. Um, but I mean, every wide receiver for Alabama looks like they should be in the NFL. Period. Um, they've got studs all over the place. They're running backs big time. LSU's got Joe Burrow, who looks like the next coming of a, of a high pick. He's gutsy, and you, you got to like his makeup. Oh yeah. Um, so I mean, again, you can make the argument, and I actually think I might that that you just saw the two best teams in the nation play each other. I would think so. so. I, I and, do think that. If again, it depends on how Georgia plays. Mm-hmm. Ohio State has a ch- has a chance at it. I know Chase Young isn't playing. He didn't play last week. He's not playing this weekend. Yeah. Um, but I think Ohio State has not has a chance of claiming themselves to that title. But I think too that there, there's something to be said of that, and we this is the the broken record, Jordy, coming at this. But there's something to have been said of that these games have to at some point count as some sort of eliminator. And you can't. Right. I get it that that there are rematches that are happening. The Big Twelve sets it up that there's going to be a rematch. The SEC, if they really wanted to say, screw it, they could do that. And I don't think anybody would bat an eye because they always played Alabama-Tennessee, and that's East-West. So I, I feel like there's some of those games where they could just they could just go, screw divisions, we're going to do this. Um, right. But, you know, I get there's rematches in championship games, but I, I don't... I don't need to see the Alabama-LSU game. It would be entertaining, but I don't need to see that as a playoff matchup. I could see it again if it was the SEC championship game if they didn't do divisions. But in the playoff, like, again, at some point these have to be eliminators, and you can't just say Alabama's one of the best teams in the, in the country, but they didn't win their conference. They're not even playing the conference championship game, assuming everything goes as it does. So they should get in over an Oregon, over a... Say Minnesota does it, or you know, I mean, Clemson. If Clemson slips up somewhere, you know, all this different stuff. I mean, there's a lot of different cases that can be made. If Notre right. Dame was undefeated, or if they had that one loss, they, if their only loss was to Georgia and it was really close, there's all that different stuff that can be thrown out there. Yeah, no, and I, and to, you know, I, to your point, I, I do, I do think, um, like this is where that the sixth. The six-team playoff. Yeah. The eight-team playoff, which is why people clamor for it. We, and I don't want, we're not going to beat this one because we've beaten it so much. There's other teams I want to talk about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. A six-team playoff, Alabama's in. It, yeah, I would seems, think so. Yeah. seems like they're uh, but, but again, I mean, there's a lot of good teams. Um, no, and, that, and you but, mentioned the bias to... point. So I, mm-hmm. before we jump over to other teams, I think that is something that, that you can't deny about an expanded playoff is that you're getting new blood yeah. in there. So by just the sheer effect of that alone, you're adding you're adding a diversification factor to it and you're removing some bias of Alabama hasn't missed a playoff. Clemson's only mi- yeah. Clemson hasn't missed a playoff, right? Um no, no, they missed the first one. Florida State was the ACC champion. Right. Um but then you take, but you also you take away the bias of the Pac-12 not being strong enough because then you know you would have a Pac-12 team make it a little closer and maybe they win a maybe they win a couple extra games because Washington doesn't have to play. I think it was Alabama they lost. It was either Alabama or Clemson, and they don't get blown out. That's a four-five like in the NFL Wild Card weekend, and it turns out to be an awesome game. You right, know, you remove some of that of putting it on yeah. on the national stage, just like. UCF when they went thirteen and zero, we assumed Big Bad Auburn was going to blow them out, and UCF took that down a notch. And now I think, I think it was something in the BCS era of when Boise State mm-hmm. did it, of that. All right, we need to get out of two teams, and eventually we did. Yeah. I think that gave us some idea of do we maybe need to get out of four teams, or at the very least, thinking that group of five team that gets in, you can't sleep on them. Granted, last year UCF lost mm-hmm. Mackenzie Milton, and there's all that stuff. But I think this year, whoever gets out of it, whether it's Cincinnati, who looks pretty solid, Memphis, SMU, whomever, yeah. I think there, you know, there's something to be said of whoever ends up playing in the. I, I honestly don't know if this is a playoff game or not, but the plays in the Fiesta Bowl, you know, don't sleep on that team. Yeah, right, um, and that's. I mean, that's the great debate, and, and I, we're not going to get to the answers totally yet. Um, but look at college basketball. College you know, basketball, have, 68 teams, and people still freak out about the 69th freak team. Out. Right, right. 
And then I one do, year, I do want to talk. Uh, so I was just going to make an anecdote of no, one year that the 68th team people freaked out the most about. They went to the Final Four, Syracuse in 2016. <laughs> yeah, right, everybody right. freaked out and they went to the Final right, Four. I, like, yeah, I mean, I do think there's a number of teams on this list on the on the top 25 of college football pa- uh, player rankings that could beat any any team ranked. Um, I don't think all of them could. I really don't. I mean, I know it's having any given Sunday, but I do think there are some teams here that would get that would get some. But there's a lot of really good quality teams. Um, your thoughts on Oregon and Utah staying right next to each other, mm-hmm. moving up one as Penn State fell, and 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 being a not ranked ahead of Alabama, either of them, and b being ranked ahead of Minnesota. Is that just the committee saying, look, we know Oregon and Utah, we know what they are. They went out. They're going to have an opportunity, but that's about it. Yeah, I think that's probably I mean, what, that they're what they're saying. saying? I mean, I think that's probably what they're saying. I don't know if it's. A, I think it's a little bit of disrespect towards Minnesota okay. of the fact that they presumably have four games left. They have three regular season in the Big Ten championship. You would think they're going to make it, but they're at Iowa this week. A very good Haw- Hawkeye well, I- team. Yeah, at Northwestern, I, was, I, mean, I mean, this we, Minnesota for as great as they played, they have a, could be an afterthought with the next three games. Exactly. That that that's sort of what I'm thinking. And then they they play Wisconsin. Wisconsin's right. 14, but Wisconsin has that great win against against Michigan. You know, yep. which I, which by the way looks better and better every week. Michigan yes. wins. Yes, looks better and better. Um, and obviously, if Michigan upsets Ohio State, it looks great. It helps Penn State. Um, it helps. It helps Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, um, but okay, it's kind of crazy. Like I said, I, yeah, the, the, I, 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 I'm happy for uh, PJ Flex guys. I thought they had a, they played a great game. Mm-hmm. I love their 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 fire. I love their game plan of being aggressive. But they 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 certainly have you know a lot of work to do, kind of moving forward. Yes. Um, yeah. You know the other thing that hurts, I think, hurts out Oregon and Utah, and and we kind of touched on this. Not really touched on this, but we we is that. Um, the rest of the Pac-12 is now unranked, and I, and I don't. That's a just, good point, right? I don't want to. I don't necessarily just blow over that because if you look at in Pac-12, like a lot of teams were ranked. Arizona State was ranked for a few weeks. Cal mm-hmm. jumped in the rankings. Um, uh, Stanford, I think, was ranked at one point. USC was ranked. Uh, Washington and Washington State were both ranked. So they have fallen. Yep. That division conference has fallen tremendously, and that kills kills Oregon and Utah because it's taking away all of their quality wins, and you're basically basing Oregon's ranking off their quality loss to a good Auburn team. Yeah. Um, as opposed to a, a lot of good wins. I think that hurts both both schools. That's a really good point. I did not think of that as I'm looking at the at the standings. Oregon State, who you and I both wrote off, and understandably, Oregon State, not a very good team. But they they're are second th- in the north. They're th- yeah, they're three and three in the north. <laughs> and they've upset some teams. They've done well, and I think because yeah. of the fact that there's turmoil and chaos within the Pac-12, yeah. I think that's something that I th- when you're splitting hairs and deciding 4-5 on Selection Sunday or whatever college football is allowed to call it because the NCAA tournament owns so much and monikers <laughs> and whatnot, um, I think that's something that might end up making a difference for whether or not the Pac-12 champion gets in. I think the reason why they're up as high as they are is a they didn't do anything wrong to merit falling and b mm-hmm. that if you're going to move if you're going to try to split the hairs of Utah versus Minnesota why wouldn't you then split the hairs of Minnesota versus Oregon or you know what i mean like you have to if you're going to move one you're yeah. probably going to have to move the other because both are going to be the same story at the end of the day because of how close their destinies are together, and the fact that that road to the playoff runs through the same spot in the, in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and I also think if you're Utah and Oregon, you could not be rooting harder for both for for to meet the other team in the in, in the championship game. Because if yes. you if, if for some reason uh, Utah falls, they got a, they've got a, a schedule they should win, but it's it's conference play. You know, they they can't afford that. You you cannot afford. They a, go to uh, Arizona next week. Win. Which right. Arizona always a hard place to play. Arizona State is mm-hmm. too, as as Herm Edwards has shown this year. But Arizona, there's before Rich Rod era and all that. They and even during the Rich Rod era, there were 
Arizona was the where Pac-12 dreams went to die. There was always some random yep. loss. Yep. USC, Oregon, whomever would have a loss down there in the you know the the Nick Foles era. Um, mm-hmm. But it's very possible they have two losses there now. It's the same thing we've talked about with other with other parts of it of that Oregon. They have not played Oregon State yet, but if they win this week, they would they would lock up the the North, so they would get there. Yeah, Utah, assuming that they even if they lose to Arizona, they actually let me confirm this. Uh, no, they lost to USC, so they know they do need to win. Um, they need to win out because if they lose and USC continues to win, which that is saying something, USC could could fall somewhere. Um, USC owns that tiebreaker, and that is not good for Oregon. No, no. I mean, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's so hard. I mean, it, it. You know, we talk about that. Um, and it's a shame because I think the cannibalization. I, I also am interested to see when we do some bowl picks. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how the Pac-12 does in bowl games because I mean, yes. I, I honestly would. I wouldn't be surprised if if they had a really good record coming out of bowl games. Which would tell you that hey, maybe it's the division. Maybe it's not that the conference is bad. Maybe they're just deep. Maybe they're just cannibalizing themselves. Because when you do look at some of these other conferences, um, you look at the bottom half of the Big Twelve, the bottom half of the Big Ten, the entire ACC, um, and even some SEC schools that we're used to being really good. Yeah. And quite frankly, like are kind of down right now. Mississippi State. Old Miss have Old Miss has struggled. Uh, Arkansas just fired their coach. I mean, they're having huge problems in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You know, Kentucky's not a powerhouse. Vanderbilt, which we always know hasn't been good. You know, Texas A and M is having a down year. So it'd be, I'm interested to see how the Pac-12 does in these bowl games. I I, I really am. I'm, I'm I think it's going to be a uh, a fascinating uh, back and forth. Yeah. So I just um, pulled it up for last year. Pac the Pac-12 tied the Big Ten at the Power Five or Big Twelve. Of the Power Five conferences with seven bids, of course that's seven of twelve versus the Big Twelve seven mm-hmm. of ten. They went three and four. Uh, they had two in the final AP poll. Um, what's interesting is some of the Pac-12 matchups. They get the Las Vegas Bowl, which Fresno State, who was ranked in eleven and two, beat the the Fighting Herm Edwardses of the Arizona State <laughs> Sun Devils. Um, but then yep. they get they don't really get a ton of bowls between there where you get you get a lot of those mid you know those mid rank mid major if you will bowl games and you get a couple sprinkled in ACC American the American versus the Conference USA the the yeah you know what's what's interesting though is that the SEC the Big 10 they don't have any of those games the ACC gets mm-hmm. mixed in with the American and those are old Big East ties the Pac-12 then gets into into these bigger games. They play Big 12. TCU beat Cal last year. Or, so there's a loss. Syracuse, uh, no, that's Syracuse, West Virginia. Washington State beat Iowa State last year in a great Alamo Bowl. I remember watching that. Oregon beat Michigan State in the Red Box Bowl. Stanford beat Pitt. So that you're starting to get some, some more solid games on the docket there. Northwestern beat Utah. So that, you know, the Utah team that we're looking to, to have there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it, it's just interesting of how that's going to go. And I agree with you there and I, of, it'll be interesting of how well their teams do, mm-hmm. but I do think it's something to be said of how little those teams have made CFP bowls or, um, the new year six bowls, excuse me. Um, yeah. And it's, I think it could be something of whether of a question of cannibalization versus versus not, but you know the Big Ten, the SEC, they still put their teams. In, you know the teams still get in there. The ACC sometimes sends another team. Yeah, they haven't in the last couple of years because their their conference has really fallen on some hard times. Miami has seemed to be back, and they haven't totally been. Florida State's really fallen off the map. Uh, Louisville really fell off the map. And, and all that stuff. So who, who knows? It'll be really, it'll be very interesting to see if Clemson makes any sort you know, of, any sort of it, step it, yeah, up this is where, both yeah, now and in the future. I mean, if the Clemson program kind of doesn't say. That, is it kind of a shame that there aren't, isn't like reg, re, uh, relegation? You know what I mean? 
Like, yes. how about the ACC saying, look, why not? let's get – we're going to move – you know, we're going to take a team like the UCF Knights. They're going to be bumped up into the ACC. Yes. Um, you know, maybe Cincinnati. Maybe that's something they should the do and explore. Some I mean, sort of like uh, yeah, a relegation it, bowl of the bottom two teams in a conference. Yeah. The problem is, you know, what happens if a team has a really off year? Like, like, uh, yeah, I guess um, so. I'm trying to think of a, a good example. But like, then you I'll play t- a better bowl. I mean, I think that's something of like, yeah. you need to have some sort of some sort of system. For one, aside from the traditional bowls, because people would freak the fuck out if if that wasn't, you know, Big Ten, Pac Ten, and the Bros Bowl, and so yeah. on and so forth. They need to do some sort of like, I think it's called the coefficient, and your brother Kevin would be able to explain this a lot better. But like the number of teams that get into the Champions League in Europe. They that that number can change depending on how well your national team has done, the teams that come out of your country do in the Champions League and the Europa League. Okay. Like they need to do something of up to shake up these matchups so that you actually get some mm-hmm. sort of and I know this will sound almost BCS like, but some sort of math and some sort of ranking that's that's purely on analytics of figuring out, all right, we should have more we should have an extra American game against the Pac-12 or the Conference USA right. should have one more game against the ACC or however the hell it works out. And then you're really right. having an idea of conferences getting better. And, you know, because there's, yeah. know, they talk about the, con- I don't even remember what the fuck the Conference Cup is supposed to be called, but they have that whole thing and that doesn't really do anything. I mean, the SEC two years ago when UCF beat Auburn, they had like three bowl game wins, and two of them were in the playoffs, or three of them were in the playoffs. They had four bowl game wins, and all three of them were in the playoffs. Right, right. But I digress. Quickly, let's look at this week's slate before we go over to pick them. Do you yeah. have anything else that you want to talk about? Well, no. I mean, I want to make sure I get to make my pick for this week's slate. So I, I, I definitely want to look, but don't, don't steal my thunder. All right, all right. <laughs> So there's a couple good games. You have the Big Brother game, Michigan, Michigan State. Yes. In yeah. Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Freezing cold weather at the Big Which, House. Which, by the way, can't look ahead. I mean, this is a huge no. deal for no. Michigan. You yeah. got to lock in. This is great. This is a great opportunity to tune up, if you will, um, against a against a a wounded but proud Michigan State program. Yes, I agree with that a thousand percent. Um, especially given that Jim Harbaugh really saving face with the bigger games. This is certainly one. Um, Penn State plays Indiana, which seems like a really low line for Penn State at minus 14 and a half. I know Indiana seven and two, but this team got fake seven and two. Yeah. 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 They, they got smoked by Ohio state and looked God awful, but, but a team, but a team at seven and two, they have a little bit of hope, which is dangerous. Yeah. That's like a good hope. point. Wisconsin, Nebraska, which looked like Um, it was good on paper. Navy, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Rutgers. Game of the year there. Uh, But then we get into some interesting stuff at 330. By the way, wait, wait. It's a 52-point line, Ohio State. I don't know how that's that's not allowed to be on the board. The over-under 60 is 61. You're telling me. I I want to just – honestly, I would take Rutgers just percentage-wise. I mean, Ohio State's going to pull starters. I mean – I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but damn, that that's that's a hell of a freaking. Well, especially line. they're playing Penn State next week. Why would you ever try to go, go Worry, cover the yeah, spread? Right. Yeah. Right. That seems wild to me. Georgia Auburn probably the game of the week. Um, it's at Auburn, which if Auburn's able to pull off some sort of upset, could really throw a lot into disarray. Which I I would not be opposed to seeing of a, you know. Throwing a team that's as, you know presumed to be up there as a two-loss SEC team, um, I think the only thing that that does is that it might give Alabama this weird way of being that idle non-SEC championship participant. Um, yeah, but the hard part is Georgia. Georgia really would have to blow up, and then, even if they lose Auburn, they would have to implode not to make the championship game. But I will bring up. If Georgia, let's say Georgia loses to Auburn, let's, let's, I mean, I know we want to move on here, but I have this question now that I'm watching this. Georgia blows up and loses to Auburn. Then they win against LSU in the SEC. The two lost Georgia go to the playoff? Can we talk about this? I, 
Yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. If a two-loss Georgia I mean, team wins the I mean, SEC. Look, Whoa. I don't even know what I would. That would. I don't know. I don't. I, that's I mean, that is the, the what, get, what you, Zach Alfanakis meme. I would love I mean, to be. Does, I would love to get a recording that's released on like February first, right? well after the college football playoff is done, of the committee talking about that that day because they hate two lost teams. But you're but back to your bias point. They love the SEC. Yeah. Oh, I know, but, but but would would they would they would they even think if Georgia wins, would they even think about having Georgia out as a two lost team and going Alabama LSU? No. I, I, I mean that'd be insane. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, look, if it happens, we'll talk about it next week. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I want to start out with the picks because I'm excited about it. Okay. All right. And I've been, I've been looking around at potential upset games, and, I, and, I, and I, there's one that I'm really interested in, and it is the Florida Gators, the 11th-ranked Florida Gators, heading to the Missouri Tigers and one Kelly you know me from Clemson, Bryant, the senior quarterback there. It's only a seven-point line for the Gators. Okay. What do we know about what do we know about Florida? They've got a great defense and they've got a middling, sometimes good offense, but not always, right? They've got two losses to great teams. But I gotta tell you, I think Missouri has an opportunity not only to cover, but to win because it's in Missouri. That's the reason I'm giving him a shot. And I like Kelly Bryant. I think you think he's a very good quarterback. I don't think he's a Trevor Lawrence, good. That's why he's, that's why he's not in Clemson. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a game that I, I think uh, would be tuned. Something I want to tune into. Um, I'm very interested. It's just it's just to me it's a fun game, and I and I think Florida is susceptible, and I think Kelly, I think Brian can kind of go go after that a little. So uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Think that's Missouri my pick is for Missouri to cover. Missouri plus seven. I like it. I'm gonna go Penn State minus minus uh, fourteen and a half. I really uh, am interested in the Auburn Georgia game, and I'll probably be watching that pretty closely on Saturday afternoon. Um, I do think that could go one way or the other. I think Georgia probably is safe to cover that, uh, but I I do think that that fourteen and a half is too low. Minis- or Indiana's not good. I think Penn State's gonna get that done pretty easily. I mean, it's a big line. Um... But I'm with you. I think Penn State's pissed off. I think they're at home. Yeah. I think Indiana's issue will be scoring. I think that Penn State defense is a little embarrassed. I think they should be by yeah. their performance. So no, I I certainly um, you know I I, I certainly like that. Um, you know, in this case, um, yeah, I think Penn State needs and they need to make a statement for rankings. Like you've got to crush an, an Indiana team to say, hey, look, we're we're good. Well, so you know, Ohio we, State did as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Ohio State did that at Indiana. Yeah, so I, I definitely think that's a um, – and it's, I think it's not only a must-win, it's almost a must-blowout for Penn State. Interesting. So, I like that call. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to be my pick. Uh, roll right into the NFL. Yeah, let's get uh, – yes. The, the, the any given Sunday NFL, because last, last past week were so many stinking upsets. It was but, insane. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess oh, – so it, no, it'll be, you, uh, it'll be you again here. Okay. Right, you're going one. Yeah, so looking at the line, there's some weird ones here. Um, yeah, starting off, Matt, I'm going to go Saints minus 5.5 at Tampa Bay. Uh, I know that, I think we talked about this when Tampa Bay went to New Orleans, and I think they actually covered that line. This is in Tampa Bay. Uh, part of the reason why I think it's only 5.5, if it was at the Superdome, it would be a little bit higher, in which case I might take Tampa Bay plus the points, but... I feel like New Orleans can cover this by a touchdown. Alvin Kamara is getting healthier. I feel like they're going to be able to stop Ronald Jones, who's had a good couple weeks the last few weeks. Their defense is looking better and better every week. Michael Thomas is leading the league, leading, leading the league in uh, receiving yards. The only yeah, he's really yards, Michael Thomas. He's really starting to heat up. Uh, I think Drew Brees is getting healthier. I think this is a game that I don't know. It might be a sucker line of thinking that that they'll cover by a touchdown, but. I think it might even be double digits, so I'm gonna go go New Orleans here. Well, I mean, I, by the way, I want to point out I, I agree um, with your logic because New Orleans has to do something after their performance last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the way, it's a division opponent. I, I, we bring it up a lot, um, but it's hard. No, it's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, 
By the way, I will also note, Michael Thomas is leading the league in the receiving yards. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both in the top five in receiving yards in the NFL. That's insane. There are some very good receivers down there. It's a shame they can't figure everything out. That's a team that's that that's that's parts are better than it's that it than the sum of the parts, if you will. Um Yeah, but Jameis you know, is uh, Jameis is I don't know I don't have the exact rankings in front of me, but he if you just scroll through the players to watch, which usually just have the leading yard getters, he's the second yeah. highest up, up on the board behind Dak Prescott. He has more more than, I can see that. And and look if more you than Kirk watch Cousins. Him, yeah. But if you watch him as a quarterback, he shows you why he was the number one overall pick. Yeah. Like, I see it. You know, it's just he has these mental, like, breaks that he just can't get through. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Bruce Arians decides to, to give him some kind of a short-term uh, two- to three-year contract extension. Interesting. Like Bruce Arians Bruce Arians being there for just a year. Yeah. Um, because they've obviously invested heavily in skill position. They got to invest defensive line. They've got to invest in a better defense. Um, you know, it's like why'd you cut Gerald McCoy? Like I don't get that. Yep. Um, but anyway, digress. I don't want to get too deep. But I, I do think a good thorough breakdown of the Buccaneers needs to occur at some point because there's plenty of talent. But they just don't seem to be able to put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. Uh, I will jump to a game that I think is fascinating, and that is the Bills going to visit the Dolphins in Miami. I have been impressed with the Dolphins and their heart and fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think I'm impressed enough to think that this game and six, point is, six points is somewhat of a sucker line, by the way. Oh yeah, I, I would think so. Beat the Bills on Sunday. I don't I dislike they, that pick. I think they outright beat them. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, don't dislike that pick. Got a veteran quarterback, right? You got a veteran quarterback. I am so unimpressed with the Bills offensively, and it's been their problem for a while. And look, their their six and three record is, is somewhat inflated. And not only that, I also think that this team isn't ready this year. I think they're a receiver away. They've got to help their young, inaccurate quarterback, and they haven't done that. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is they're starting to get away from some of that. Like to me, a Jerry Judy would go real well with them. Although Ooh. I think they'd probably be better with a bigger receiver who has a not. I think Judy's the best player in the draft, but coming up, but a bigger a big receiver that can go up and make catches that are contested. Because I think what that's what you're going to get with Josh Allen. He has a lot of Cam Newton in him. You got to either have a guy that's very open. Because um, Cam's accuracy can be a problem, or a guy who can get up high and catch a ball that's not thrown properly. So they might go after a couple other guys this coming year. But I think wide receiver is at the top of their wish list for the Bills. I like the Dolphins in this one. Um, I, I don't know. Just I, I really like that pick. And again, they're an they're an NFL team. Like that's what I think people forget. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's mine. And I guess I get back to back here then, right? Yep. 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 All right. All right. How about the Jets in Washington? Okay. Um, uh, the, the Washington, well, as far as I can see, the the Redskins are a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which is pretty amazing. Yes. And the Jets have been horrible last few weeks. Aside from last week. Yep. Um, it, and yet, all that being said, uh, you put them on paper, Dwayne Haskins doesn't appear to be ready. I'm taking the Jets to win two in the row, a row, a row, two in a row. Yeah, I said that right, right, whatever. On the road, um... I still like what they have. I still like Sam Darnold. I like Le'Veon Bell. And they have better playmakers than a Redskins team that's still in disarray. Um, and I think Haskins makes a couple rookie mistakes that Darnold has kind of learned to get around to instead. Well, you um, also saw so, – I like that pick a lot. And you saw the, you saw the Jets' defense have a statement game mm-hmm, against Daniel mm-hmm. Jones. They took advantage of the rookie. They really made him – They really And Daniel Jones weaknesses. is way farther ahead. Exactly. There's a reason Dwayne – started you know until a couple weeks i mean exactly really struggled yep no so i like that pick a lot um over to me matt mention it with the dolphins i think this line's a little too big the cincinnati Bengals are plus 10 and a half in oakland i know the black hole's really been bumping I know the Raiders are effectively coming off of a, a half a bye because they put on Thursday Night Football last week. 
But I think this Bengals team, I don't know, they're, they're a pro football team, and they got something to play for. And I think they want to they want to show that we're not a complete laughingstock. I think they might be able to pull this out on yeah. at least make it close. Again, yeah. I know the Raiders have you looked know, I, better I, and better. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. And Josh Jacobs has looked good, and their, the Cincinnati defense is awful. But I, it's a lot of points to lay down if you're an Oakland fan. So I like Cincinnati plus 10.5. Yeah, I also and not only that, I think the Raiders, and, and I actually have been very impressed with them. The, um, they're a little full of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and that can come back to bite you. Oh, we're at home against the un, un, unbeaten, uh, un, unwin, un, not, not unbeaten, whatever. The Bengals haven't won a game. <laughs> yes. But yet, I don't think they're the worst team in football kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't see that. Um, yeah, so I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, so, did you just go two in a row there? Right? No, so that was my first of two. So there's right, a couple other games I've been looking right. at. Jags in Indy, uh, almost in Indiana. Jags Indianapolis is kind of interesting, but it's a little concerning because you don't know what you're going to get out of Jacoby Brissett and everything there, the injuries. Um, so that that concerns me. I, I might come back around to that, but uh, almost reverse logic of what I was just talking about with the Bengals, because the Cardinals have wins, they put up some good games. They had that really good win or really good game last week with Christian Kirk having an awesome, awesome game with his three touchdowns. I think they have a little bit of a come down this week against the 49ers who, despite having just, they're angry. They just announced George Kittle won't be playing, but his backup looked great on Monday Night Football. George Kittle was really into it. Jimmy Garoppolo, while making a lot of mistakes, is not going up against the caliber defense that Seattle threw out to him. And granted, it's not the Seattle defense of old, but it's still a good defense. It's better than what Arizona yeah. has. So I like the 49ers to get this thing done and a big win. I think their running backs really want to show we're still we're still here. We're still able to make plays. They didn't really have a great game against the Seahawks. Again, that's a really good front seven. Arizona doesn't have that. I like him by I like him by to cover that ten and a half point spread. Yeah, um, I I really like I, I got to tell you watching that best game of the season. Cardinals, oh, e- easily. Cardinals, I mean, I'm sorry, 49ers, Seahawks. They're both really good teams. I texted um, you during the game. I was upset it didn't end in a tie. Yeah, I do think it's a little bit of a wake up call for the 49ers in terms of their their wide receiving core without George Kittle, who will be out again this week. By the way, yes. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who needs to play better. Um, the rest of that team is there and ready. I don't know if it's Jimmy or the receivers. I do love Debo Samuel, but losing Emmanuel Sanders could be a massive loss. Um, they, they've got some work to do on the passing front. Great, great game. This is probably not the game to do it, though. To your point, Cardinals defense is going to be weaker against the run. Oh, that's a, it's actually a better defense than people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'll jump in with, with a couple picks here. By the way, it's kind of a shame. I don't have lines for Cowboys-Lions, which makes sense because of the injury to Stafford, or the Jaguar, Jaguars and the Colts because we're waiting to hear about official news. It looks like Nick Foles is going to start, but also from yeah. Jacoby Brissett. So, so we can't so really touch those games. I did not ESPN, and I went over to, to a different sports book. And I have three for that game, for the Jacks, the Jacksonville-Indianapolis game. Um and actually, I get the full slate of over-under and all that stuff. So okay. I might be able to play stuff there. Uh, for the Cowboys and the Lions, right now it's four and a half for the Cowboys. Uh, okay. Which is interesting, especially because if Matt Stafford plays. Do you think that's... Do you think that'd be closer if Matt Stafford ends up ask, playing? I, I, I'm wondering if that's the line for Stafford playing. It must um, be. Because, yeah, I think that's the line for the Stafford. I'm not going to touch it. I wouldn't either. Uh, but I think I think that's that line for Stafford playing. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I do I mean I think it'll be a really good game and I think this is an interesting yeah. test for the Cowboys defense if Stafford plays because of how run and gun he is. Right. And their their running game isn't terrible. Um I do think though that I mean I, I wanna think the Cowboys are gonna win big because they just lost pretty uh embarrassing loss to the Vikings. And you'd think de- that Zeke has a field day with the Detroit defense. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I don't yeah, know. I'm going to still stick a, stay away from it as well. Yeah. Especially um, because yeah. of the fact there's so many question marks surrounding it. Right. Uh, didn't right. mean to jump, not, out, jump out there, but I just w- wanted to point it out. No, 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 no. It's just, you know, like I said, it's, that's, why, that's why sports betting is it's fascinating. Um, 
I, I'll go. I'll go a different direction here. A, a game that I think is actually closer to a must-win for one team than I, I think think, and that's the Falcons visiting the Panthers. Ooh. I think the Panthers are in a near must-win situation here in this game. Um, they've got to have a good divisional record uh, because of the Saints. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. It would appear like mm-hmm. your two early wildcard runners are the Vikings and the, and the Seahawks, although the Seahawks and the, both teams are battling divisions. They seem like those two kind of like those teams are probably making a wild card. Um, which means that the Panthers' best shot is to get through the Saints, which obviously isn't going to be easy. I, I love them in this game. It's a five-and-a-half-point line for the Panthers, and I think they're going to roll. Their, their defense just isn't good enough to stopping the run to deal with Christian McCaffrey. Um, and I, I like what Kyle Allen brings to the table. Um, and I think they're de- – I, I, and with Devontae Freeman possibly being injured, it looks like he won't play. That's a huge loss, even with that great air raid off. Of the Falcons, so I'm taking the Panthers to easily cover the five and a half. No, I like um, that a lot. I, yeah. I, I like that a lot. I uh, I almost yeah. went with that. Uh, there's a couple others that I'm kind of keying in on, and we'll we'll come back to me. But yeah. I have you for one more here. No, that's right. I'll take my next one. Yeah, and I'm gonna go to another one o'clock game. One of the uh, game that no one's talking about. I don't know why. Cause this is an awesome, awesome playoff preview matchup. The Texans visiting the Ravens. Yes. Um. Damn, the Ravens have looked great. They essentially had a bye week last week. Both Texans coming off a bye week. Um, both these teams look like they have young dynamic quarterbacks, which you know about. It's a really hard one to pick. The Baltimore Baltimore's favored by four. I'm going to take the Texans to cover, not win. I think Baltimore wins, but I take the Texans to cover like in this that. game. I think a late ju- uh, Justin Tucker field goal. Whether it's for it's whether it's to break a tie or to you know come ahead, yeah, go yeah, ahead yeah. wins this game. Um, the Texans to me have a better defense than the Ravens without JJ Watt. I like their defense. I think the Ravens have a. It's I don't know. I think the offenses are really close. Like this is mm-hmm. going to be a very fun game to me to watch. Um, Ravens probably run the ball better. Texans definitely pass it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got two young quarterbacks, both of who, I think, I think Watson's a, a fringe, a fringe MVP candidate. If he's playing well, so we'll see. Yeah, I would think so. I think. Yeah. I mean, not to go full Heisman talk, but I feel like if he has a, a good showing against his contemporary and Lamar Jackson, I feel like he uh, yeah. vaults himself back into yeah. that conversation. I, I like that pick a lot. Um, all right, to me for two. I, you know I hate betting Thursday night football. Yes, you do, and I've been, I've been staring at it, so I'm glad you're doing it. I'm going with the Steelers <laughs> plus two. Uh, I think the the Browns, I think they had the big win last week. I think they're going to go. I think that's they're going to put up a dud. I know it's Thursday night. That usually bodes well for the home team. It's what happened to you last week with the, with the black hole. Uh, but I think the Steelers are really clawing their way to, to stay relevant in that AFC conversation. Right now they are in a playoff spot. They have the tiebreaker over the Raiders and the Colts, and I think they really want to show that they're still there, that they're still relevant. Mason Rudolph, I think, wants to show that the Steelers franchise is in good hands once Big Ben ultimately decides to hang him up for good. Uh, so I like the Steelers to win this thing outright, but I will take them with the points, plus two and a half. All right, all right. By the way, not only do I think the Steelers, are, not only are they in a playoff spot, I, I have to point this out um, or before we move on, they have one of the best-looking schedules moving forward, um, it, which is incredible. That defense, like you're, yeah, Mason Rudolph, but that defense defense can absolutely yeah. ball. They are young. They are hyper-fast. Um, I love, I just love that defense. Um, but they, they're going to have what's a relatively easy schedule kind of going forward. They easily could be... They could be a ten-win team. Yeah, I mean, wow. that which, when this. you hear that, you're like, "There's just no way." But it's 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 available. Oh my they god! Go, I'm looking at their schedule now. Yes, the only game: Browns, that, Bengals, Browns, Cardinals, Bills, Jets at Ravens, which which may not even matter. That, that may not even matter. Yeah, right. That's insane. <laughs> yep they they lost some some they beat, they lost to some good teams early. Patriots, Seahawks, 49ers. That's how they started the game. Yep. No doubt they lost to those teams. They're like, and the Bengals. I mean, they're four losses to against playoff teams. So, watch out. 
and that's why the last two wins against the Colts and the Rams were so important. Um, those yes. are the kind of, some of the swing games that, you, that you're thinking about. Yes. So, yep. Um, I want to throw that. You, we go back to you for another one, right? Yeah, for my last pick. Um, yeah. There's a couple out there that, uh, you know, kind of kicking around. Um, Sunday night looks interesting, but I'm going to stay away from it. I'm going to go Monday night. I'm going to go Chiefs minus four. Uh, I think this Chargers team, I, I think it doesn't know really where they want to be. Okay. Um, I know they've won some good games. Phillip Rivers has, has you know done a good job. And you know, he dropped that game last week, so I'm sure he wants some, some revenge. I still think it's weird. This is like the third time this year that's happened where teams either come off a bye or playing Thursday night the week before and plays on Monday night football. That almost seems unfair. But um, I, I like the Chiefs here. Chiefs minus four. It's a road line. So... I'm going to take him. I'm going to yeah. take Mahomes. I think he's getting healthier and I'm not, healthier. I'm, not, I'm definitely not in disagreement here. Um, I, I loved the Chargers. Yeah. Loved them. And I'm so disappointed. Rivers looks old. Defense is very injured. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, it's weird the Chiefs are 6-4. and You know? Yes. So uh, that's tough. Tough. Uh, so we go back to me for. Your Two last or pick. One, one? Your last, last pick. pick. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm all over the place with the last one. I'm staying very away our game. Oh, I feel yeah. like out of respect, I'm going to avoid Um. Uh, I'm going to touch another game that I think is so difficult to figure out, and that's the Bears visiting the Rams. Yeah, that game is crazy. I'm staying away from that thing. I'm gonna. I'm going to touch it. Okay. Here's why. I I think the I I don't know who wins, but I think the Bears cover, and they cover the fact this is what happens when you build a top heavy team. The Rams have not been able to invest in offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Because of that, you're seeing this this incredibly top heavy team with 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 nothing on the offensive line. Khalil Mack is ready to roll. Um. Uh, I think they're going to be all over Jared Goff. I think Todd Gurley's mysterious lack of playing time is a factor, and I and I think the Bears cover. I don't know who wins, but I think they cover in this game that six and a half point line. Uh, and the Rams are super banged up. Even forgetting Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks is out. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had issues with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. If you take him out of the game, it, they're basically over with. They've lost their best blocking tight end, Tyler Higby. Rams have some serious. Yeah, have some problems. Serious issues. Yep. Um, I do actually want to go ahead and introduce just just we have guest picks, Jordy. Do we do? Okay. I do. Okay. My wonderful fiance Mel Mel does a pick 'em every week, and she has sent me five games, and and I want to put them out in the pod because we want to have guests every week, and it was kind of a tough week for us for many reasons. Um. But I'm going to give her your picks. Her, I'm going to give us her picks now. Okay. She is taking the Bills over the Dolphins. So okay. She's opposite of me on that one. She's taking the Saints to cover against the Bucks, which is what you did as well. So that's mm-hmm. a smart play. She's also going San Fran over the. Did you guys talk? San Fran to cover against the Cardinals and the Chiefs to uh, the Chiefs to cover against the Chargers. So that's three. Uh, three, three shared of your picks. picks in a row there. Let's go, Mel. And and she did want to make it very clear. Her last pick is her first pick. Okay, it's the most important thing to her. And she does believe that the Eagles beat the Patriots, cover the three and a half point line, and win outright against the hated evil empire. <laughs> so I just I just had to uh, let you know. She's the best. So it's her first it's her first guest pick. We'll see what happens. Does she have a college? Do we want to just give she her care less, she said. All right. All right. But wait, well, well, wait, you know this for. Okay, she's an Ohio guy, Ohio girl. Went to college, right? Let's yeah. give her Ohio State covering against Rutgers. All right, okay. put that down. We're putting that down. <laughs> oh, that's you minus fifty-two. Go. We're getting into it. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. All right. Oh. Um, yeah. So we have, we got our guest pick late. She's very excited. About All right. It. Love it. Um, Thank awesome. you to Melanie. <laughs> oh, well, and let's and talk by about the way, it. I would be remiss. She wanted me to make sure I mentioned that I am uh, two and seven in her, or three and seven in her fantasy. Uh, Family's Fantasy League, and I'm doing terribly. Yeah. So, I mean, um, and she's going to be in the playoffs at six four. I. We all have our bad leagues. Mine just yeah. always happens to be our Philly league. 
I don't, dude, one of these years you're gonna like go undefeated in that. That happened in 2016. It's they, always it's the same thing every year. So for the little in, little peek behind the curtain for the listeners, I'm a I've dubbed myself our league historian, and I did our all time scoring uh, for, for our, our all time records. I think, I, and I didn't do points just because mainly because Jared last year didn't set his lineup for like half of the season, so like his points yeah. really skew everything. But you know what? I've decided because for one, Alan, our good buddy who almost came on tonight, um, he has he's never made the playoffs. He might have the first year, but we don't have those records. But he always has his points are very interesting. Like last year, he had a sub five hundred record, but a positive point differential. This year, he's actually doing very well and looks like he's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm in a similar situation with points, and I'd like to see if I'm remembering that correctly or if I'm just delusional. It's very highly possible one way or the other. So I might be doing that. Not that anybody cares about our fantasy league, and that's why we're talking about it at the end of the show. But, um, you know, there is that. But before we do wrap things up, let's talk a little bit about the Eagles-Patriots game. We yes. tried to get our my good Great buddy segue. Mike Clark on. No, thank you. He sadly can't do Wednesdays. You couldn't do this Thursday. One of these weeks, Mike, we're going to get you on. I'm excited to have him on. Matt, he has this podcast called Pilot Season, if you guys haven't checked it out. Because he has come on before. He came on for baseball to talk Yankees. And I went on pilot season a couple, uh, probably a couple months ago now. But it's an awesome podcast. Talks about the pilots of every TV show. He's a really good guy. So, Matt, you'll love having him on. Mm. He's a big Patriots fan, though, so I thought I might have lined up. But let's talk about this Eagles-Patriots game. Well, it's going to be hard. Yes. That's the first. I mean, I mean, I mean, both teams going off a bar. Um, Patriots upset about the loss to the Ravens. But... And we have a wheel shot if we if we can be smart. This has got to be a game of being intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, the Patriots aren't beating you right now with athleticism and pure talent. I'm not saying they aren't talent, but they're going to beat you with really intelligent play, disciplined play. It's the Patriot way regardless. That's how they always do it. So if you're the Eagles, you have to win the turnover battle, mm-hmm. period. Um, you, have to, you have to limit their – you have to be smart at the line of scrimmage. This is why having a Jason Kelsey helps. Mm-hmm. They're going to throw a lot of different defensive fronts at you. You're going to see everybody standing up on defense. You're going to see one down lineman, two down linemen. You're going to see safeties where they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna, and then Tom Brady's going to try to outsmart defense. Um, which is why you gotta you gotta try to rely on a four man pass rush here. You need Fletcher and Brandon and Derek to to and hopefully maybe Jernigan to step up big in this game for you. Um, yes. You're not scared of their receivers either. So keep everything in front of you. Um, and I, I think you got to get the little crumbs in this game. That's what that's like. That's the line I want to use. People, gotta, we're gonna get get the crumbs. That's the little things in the floor. You gotta you gotta focus on those. It's not the you know, do the little things right and the big things will come together. That's but that's where I'm at, um in this one. So we'll see, but that's important. Yeah, I mean I, I said this going into the Super Bowl two years ago, and I feel like it's much more prevalent now considering what we've seen in a couple of the Eagles losses, and that is the secondary. That's what concerns mm-hmm. me, and I know that there haven't been a ton of of wide receiver touchdowns out of the Patriots. It's been a lot through their running back stable. Sonny Michelle, a great receiving running back. He could have a day. I do think Muhammad Sanu, if Tom Brady figures out exactly how to set that up and who to pick on, either him or Julian Edelman may be wide open on more plays than not. And I think that's something to be to be worried about. I- I do think as great as Julian Edelman is, that's probably our one strength on the secondary is, is the slot guy when you think of Malcolm Jenkins. Sure, um, sure. Levante Maddox. So I think that part – look, Julian Edelman might be a Hall of Famer. He's that good of a slot receiver. Oh, yeah. Um, and I love him, and he's crafty. But I, I do think there's an opportunity there. Like, I think we can – it's hard to shut him down, but we can have some success because of Jenkins. And- yeah, so that's that's my big concern. I think offensively – it's going to be tough to get the run established. We haven't seen the Eagles do it in the last couple weeks. Um, 
I think that they need to figure out some way to get it going. It's going to be tough. I think you need to give a very healthy dosage to Jordan Howard. They did that against the Bears, but I think they really need to get him really going. I know they they want to try to get Miles Sanders involved more and more. I don't know if trying to use him in some sort of swing, screen type of offense is a good idea against this Patriots defense because it's so good. Yeah. I think if Alshon... Well, that patience aspect that I brought up, you know? That's like, a good point, yeah. Be okay with running it twice. You don't always want to have a third and an eight, but mm-hmm. if you have a couple, I mean, you'll deal with that. And and just don't give up on the game plan. Yeah. Um, and the other the other one I would also want to mention that I think is really important is Carson moving. Not necessarily scrambling. Mm-hmm. Rollouts, being, being willing to get out of that pocket and force these defensive backs who are awesome to have to move some more because um, they don't have elite pass rushers as individuals. They come at you with, with, with seven or eight really good players. Sure. So not great, but good. And mm-hmm. I think that's how you have to make them. You got to make them try to react and not be proactive. No, no, no. So that's I, a really I good point. See Carson thing. Quite the action to me is a huge factor here. Getting those tight ends available. Yes. If you will. No, no, no. I was going to m- mention that too. I think Zach Ertz might maybe end up being the key to the game. Uh, of how well can he play? How well does Dallas Goddard play? And they, I was going to say, and Goddard, I think, yeah, because yeah. because you can hide what you're trying to do if those two guys can be out there. Exactly, and I think if if Carson really, if he if he starts to get Ertz involved early, I think that opens it up for Dallas Goddard to be open up later into the game, and I think that might be might be a way to, to spread it out a little bit, maybe get the ball open for Alshon, see if. There's something that you can do with Jordan Matthews, how much he's really been able to get get with the team and, and, you know, the week that he's been here. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think it'll be a good game. I don't think, unlike eight years ago when the Patriots came to Philadelphia, I don't think it's going to be any sort of blowout. But, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. It's also not the end of the world. Like, I I want to just talk to Eagles fans real quick. It's Mm -hmm. not the end of the world. Um, You don't want to lose any game. Losing this game... I think we're going to win. I, I, I actually think we are. I, I really like where Carson is. But losing is not the end of the world. I sure. think you got to go one and one in the next two games. I agree. This is the I one think I think you lose this, you have at. to beat the, the Seahawks. But, which got moved right, to 1 o'clock right, next Seahawks. week, but, by the way. But you know what? Again, we can beat any team in the NFL. Uh, we beat the Packers. So I, I do think we can beat any team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And then. But uh, a shot. we got a real chance at home. Um. We're a great home team, so we'll see what goes on. Yeah, so we'll just have to see. But Matt, anything else before we wrap this thing up? Um, you know, I do, I do, I do, and I, I'm very not like this, when, especially when it comes to this particular topic. But I do want to just let you know, there's a a lot of stories out here about Colin Kaepernick's uh, workout on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an absolute disgrace. The NFL put that workout on a Saturday. So the NFL has decided when the workout is, where it will be. Um, I am not a Colin Kaepernick believer as a football player. I do not think he is a he is an elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good backup. I do think that. Could he start the right team? Yes. Um, but to, to do it on a Saturday is a mistake. And I think it's the NFL trying to cover themselves. I'd like to see a Tuesday workout. Let's see every team in attendance. If the mm-hmm. NFL wants to change their image, on this, which I don't know if they do or not, they're not doing it in the right. Um, I, I don't really talk about that a lot, I the politics side of it. Um, but I do think for a player that good football player, handle. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to say it. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's all I got. No, it's an interesting point, and yeah, I, I don't really have. You know, I, I agree that it's kind of weird that he decided to all of a sudden announce it on a Tuesday that it's happening on Saturday, and if it's really right. this idea... And now they're not going to release the teams that are going to show up to Kaepernick's camp, which I think Apparently the Cowboys wrong. announced they are. They're the only team that I've seen any sort of link yeah, to. Well, the Broncos and the Dolphins said they're sending yeah. somebody. i got to tell you, the team that would make... If somebody wants to take a shot in Week 11, <laughs> which no one's going to do, by the way. Yeah. That's the other thing. Week 11. I, I, I wouldn't do it, not because he can't play... Or be, but because it's week 11, do it in week four. Um, yep. The Bears make sense to me, though. Yeah, it, interesting. Just to say, hey, you know what? Let's see if we can make it work. Because we're not we're not doing it with Trubisky. And, and Chase Daniel wasn't the answer either. 
you know, and we're in a win now mode with a young quarterback. Let's see. So that that would be the team that I think if they wanted. But the problem is Chicago is not the city for him, um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he signs with the Patriots Monday. <laughs> and they That'd use him in all kinds of schemes. He's such a Belichick move. And by the way, it'd probably be a smart. But anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. No, no, no. And, and it's good. It's good we mention it because it is an yeah. interesting story that that by the time the playoffs start, we might have even forgotten that it happened. So just even putting it out right. there. Um, it's good to just mention it, but yeah, yeah, I got nothing else. Oh, oh, Jordy, no, I have to, I have to. Another point: a guard got paid. Yes, the Eagles. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Brooks, Brooks. You're right. Yeah, four years. You want to talk about a guy coming off a serious injury and not even missing a beat, and that's Brandon Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, thirty, I think thirty million guaranteed next four years, fifty-two million total. Deserves every penny of it. Um, it's always great to see a guard get paid because it's such an undervalued, underappreciated position. Mm-hmm. And what he does for this team is very important. Mm-hmm. So, um, awesome, Brandon. Yeah, very good for him. Um, yeah, that's a good point, too. All right. Well, Matt, thank you as always. This was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Excited to, for next week. We didn't even mention yes. Lehigh is not playing a Patriot League game this week. They're playing Sacred Heart. They are now 2-2 two and two in the Patriot League. So I think, sadly, I think we will not be storming the field for a title next week. But darn it, next week is Lehigh Lafayette. Yeah. And it's time I'm, to get I'm, pumped up. I'm ready, baby. Let's go. Game 155 for our friends that are Lehigh, friend, Lehigh alum as we are, Lehigh alumni as we are. Get ready. For those that aren't, Yes. You know, you're going to have to deal with some a little heavier FCS content next week. Matt, looking at the records, Lafayette is 3 and 1 right now. We are 3 and 2. Holy Cross, who we, who Lehigh lost to, is 3 and is also 3 and 1. We might have a de facto Patriot League championship if Holy Cross loses this week at Fordham. And it'd be kind of okay. weird. Okay. Because Come on, go Lafayette, Fordham, baby. Oh. Lafayette beat Holy Cross this past weekend, so there would be a three-way tie as well, which would be kind of weird if who actually gets into the FCS playoffs. Jeez. So we'll see. Right. Next week, rivalry special. Get I'm ready. In. But everybody, thank you for listening. Yeah. Great episode as always. Make sure to like, share, subscribe to the podcast, thunderblogsports.com, thunderblg on Twitter, thunderblogsports on Instagram and Facebook. And the bullpen cart is what you need to search wherever you get your podcast. Nash that subscribe button. Matt and I will eventually figure out something to do for those leave five-star reviews on iTunes, give you some sort of shout-out. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs>